1: Uh, yes, this program does bear the name of Seth. And yes, he will return uh, behind this microphone in the not-too-distant future. I have it on good authority. But in the interim, you're stuck with former Arizona congressman and uh, Channel 10 sports anchor J.D. Hayworth. That was back in the day. In fact, when you know, so many newcomers show up in Arizona... Uh they ask about different stuff and I say, you you remember over at Channel Ten, you know the the gig that Jude Lacava used to have? Well I had that gig before he did. Go figure. Such are the vagaries of broadcasting. This final hour we're gonna get more into the uh the uh audit of ballots in Maricopa County that continues at Veterans Memorial Coliseum, you know, the Arizona Republican Party chairman, Dr. Kelly Ward, she she understands how to set up a headline. And maybe it was with good intention. said, hey, you know, President Trump's birthday is June 14th today, which is also Flag Day and the birthday of Sheriff Joe Arpaio, too, as we've been mentioning through the broadcast. But... You know, that was a hook for a lot of uh, different media outlets. Hey, they could have it done by Flag Day. It's not happened yet, at least no breaking news here, to my knowledge. We will hear later from Ken Bennett, our former Arizona Secretary of State, who is presiding, conducting the Maricopa County ballot audit at the behest of the Arizona State Senate. That is coming up. But this comes under the category of, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't play one on TV. There I was a sportscaster. But I used to me be a lawmaker, a.k.a. a legislator, a federal legislator, as a member of the Congress of the United States. And you may have heard over the weekend, maybe it was late last week. That let me put this in the perspective of um, let me put this in the pers- how NPR might do this story with the little dose of your tax money. United States Attorney General Merrick Garland, a quiet, reflective man. warns Arizona and other states about post-election audits. Cut three. We will
0: apply the same scrutiny to post-election audits to ensure they abide by federal statutory requirements to protect election records and avoid the intimidation of voters. In that regard, we will publish guidance explaining the civil and criminal statutes that apply to post-election audits. And we will likewise publish guidance with respect to early voting and voting by mail.
1: Ah, yes, the quiet, reflective Merrick Garland. Now, let me, let me translate this for you in case you don't know what it means. This is the quiet, thoughtful approach but a whole lot of folks are thinking, wait a minute, with the FBI under Christopher Ray, I mean, gone are the days of the FBI, a Quinn Martin production starring Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Man, we'll have to dig that up. I don't know if you can find it. But the guy who used to do that intro, one of my favorite voices of all time, he also did the voice for... Uh The robot on Lost in Space. Dick Tufeld. Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. And he was the voice in... My very capable engineer, Bill, was not around for this. But when I was a mere tyke in the 1960s, Batman would come on in 1966 and 67, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh after that... The continuing saga of Peyton Place. And this guy, Dick Tufeld, did that. But anyway, my point about this is we took that little rabbit trail down broadcast memory lane. The FBI ain't the FBI we used to watch on uh, uh, the Quinn Martin production on ABC on Sunday nights. Now you can transpose the letters to the FIB. And I'm sorry, agents who work hard in the field, but your leadership has taken you there. Not only Christopher Ray now, but that 6'8 ethical pygmy James Comey and all of his toadies, including, as President Trump calls them, the lovebirds, the lovebirds. So you've got a deal where Merrick Garland is saying this, and a lot of people on the right are oh, whoa, is this going to be like when the FBI called CNN and they showed up uh, to, uh, to raid Roger Stone's house? Is that what's going to happen here in Arizona? Well, State Senator Wendy Rogers, the Air Force veteran, she tweeted out, Hey, Mr. Attorney General, you just try to touch a ballot in Arizona and you're going to be in jail. Which is a pretty good tweet, at least in terms of grabbing one's attention. But it, it may not be the case. Let me tell you. Now, I'm not a lawyer, didn't play one on TV, but <laughs> it was an occupational hazard in Congress to come in contact with a lot of lawyers. Let me tell you what Merrick Garland is doing here. Let me tell you the tools that the federal government is going to try to use. Rather than checking in on all the suspected vote fraud uh, that could have been done uh, against President Trump, the, uh, the fraud and vote by mail, some of the hanky-panky with machines. You know, the stuff they're working on down at the audit. Merrick Garland is going to say, well, according to the Voting Rights Act, there are certain states that remained under scrutiny. And one of those states is Arizona. And he'll go back and find some case law and he'll say, you see, any actions taken to audit this could, wait for it, be interpreted as voter suppression. You are trying you are putting undue burden on members of the minority community if you expect them to come forward with any ID. Now now stop and think about how insulting that is to members of the quote minority community, but that will be the hook As we used to say down south, and we're cleaning it up for broadcast purposes, I guarantee you that's what they're going to pull. And they will try to wrap this up in court, and they will find uh, uh, renegade Republicans or Republicans who have transitioned to the other party. I think about a certain guy from this state who, remember they used to have posters of Nixon, and it was all to be disparaging. Would you buy a used car from this man? Well, Dick Nixon's visage looks positively angelic when compared with that belonging to Grant Woods. The the Attorney General, uh, the one-time Attorney General of Arizona, Boy, talk about a young man in a hurry. He was doing everything to wreck the first term of Fife Symington, but Fife held that off, and ah, you don't we don't need to waste our time on Grant other than to point out they'll find lawyers like Grant. Now, there's a technicality here, or we can interpret uh, voting rights. And in my job now as a newly minted Democrat, my job, of course, is to derail the democratic process and find technicalities to somehow abridge voting and make the outrageous assertion that the mere request that you must follow for cashing a check or boarding a jetliner or, yes, even visiting the White House is somehow an abridgment of your right to exercise the franchise. That, of course, is pure, unadulterated hoo ha. When we come back, your calls at 602 508 0960 and also an update from the guy in charge, former Secretary of State Ken Bennett. What he had to say to a television audience this weekend, updating the audit of Maricopa County ballots. For Seth Liebson, it's the recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth. And this is AM 960, the Patriot KKNT. Oh, mercy, talk about getting caught in a reverie. I hear that, and I think back to my days at the student radio station at NC State. Getting up in the morning to do the Wolfpack wake-up service and playing that circa 1978. Kansas, right? Carry on, my wayward son. You might think I'm a bit wayward, uh... Because it's the recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Seth today, AM 960 The Patriot. Now, to show you how things kind of even out, I was talking about the uh, Republican race for uh, the nomination for the United States Senate next year to go up against incumbent Democrat Senator naught uh, I'm trying to combine astronaut and senator, that would be Mark Kelly. And I talked earlier how I just, you know, this this fundraising solicitation uh, by the Attorney General Mark Brnovich didn't do much for me. Uh, and I also talked about the other two candidates in the race, businessman and a guy who has got an ability to self-finance a good chunk of this, Jim Lehman and also retired Major General uh, Mick, oh boy, here he is right here. Sorry, Mick McGuire. Say your moment, but I recovered it quickly. So you've got, if you're scoring at home, Jim Lehman, a businessman, Mick McGuire, the former commander of the Arizona National Guard, and current Arizona Attorney General Mark Brinovich. Now, just a couple of minutes ago, I told you what the mild-mannered, reflective... Attorney General of the United States said, and I don't know if this is in reaction to what I had to say about that, you know, the uncomplimentary talk about the uh, the dogs and the email fundraiser, writing it in the voice of the dogs, but Attorney General Brnovich... As tweeted out, we stand ready to defend federalism and state sovereignty against any partisan attacks or federal overreach. And he includes an article from the WashingtonExaminer.com, the headline Arizona AG defends Maricopa vote audit against hysterical justice criticism. So people sometimes ask, what is the advantage when it seems to be we have moved back to a populist? impulse in our politics. We want people from the outside. What's the advantage of being an incumbent? Well, what you're just hearing from Mark Brinovich to move past the doggies writing the fundraising mail to, hey, Attorney General Merrick, Garland Merrick, you come in here, Merrick Garland, or whatever the name of the thoughtful, contemplative leftist who's trying to threaten Arizona, don't even think about it. Somebody who wants to talk about uh, the election process, maybe the upcoming battle for the United States Senate from Phoenix online one. It's Rick. Howdy, Rick.
0: Hello, J.D.
1: Well, Boy, it's
0: good to hear your voice and good to talk to you. I've enjoyed the show today.
1: Rick, I appreciate your effusive praise and a vocal pattern that sounds like, what was the... Uh, the Dan Fogelberg, Tim Weisberg album "Twin Sons of Different Mothers." I mean, you, you kind of have that same effusive could, vocal could style, yes. And, and
0: you know what I, you know what I have to say, JD, is that you are not a bit wayward.
1: Bless you, are you.
0: just way out there, word.
1: <laughs> I thought, I thought, I'm not calm and reflective, but I do think about things on occasion. I'll never, I'll never win <laughs> plaudits from NPR. Although I do have this, but that's another story for another time. What's on yeah. your mind, brother? Well,
0: listen, I am flabbergasted that there haven't been a million people that have called in to talk to you because you are just terrific. And my serious question that I have for you is I sometimes get rather frustrated uh, at election times when we have one Democrat running and it seems like we have like a dozen Republicans running. And it seems like we spend a lot of time and money and energy and effort and everything else, and we just beat each other down, and then the Democrat just waltzes in. So my question to you is, how can we correct a situation like that?
1: Well, that's a very interesting situation, because there are plenty of occasions where the shoe is on the other foot. Uh-huh. For example, we can we can put the mirror up... Uh, my eventual successor, once removed in Arizona's sixth district, Congressman David Schweikert. You may recall there were what six Democrats running for that seat, running for the nomination.
0: I didn't. And, I yeah, didn't remember that. Yeah yeah, didn't and in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: in fact, I remember there was there was. I knew that there was one candidate who was really serious. She didn't end up winning the nomination. They imported uh, the ex physician. Or the physician who was no longer practicing, I believe, because of disciplinary problems. Uh, "Quote doctor in quote Tipperini. She came in from the west side after running a, pl- a pretty uh, close race over there. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't work out for her there. She came over, but there there was a former McCain aide, Carl Gentles. There was uh, another young lady who had the teachers' unions out walking when it's about when it was about as hot as it was today two years ago. Uh
0: huh. Uh, there were
1: there okay. were Democrat teacher activists walking out for another candidate. So it's a funny you had another young lady who I think worked on uh, Harry Mitchell's campaign back when he was running against me so you, you had a bunch of people running uh-huh. but here's what has to happen against an incumbent. You fight it out and then you say you know what? This person won, and so we're going to get behind this person. And the rhetorical device that is used is the steel is strongest when it comes through the fire. And steel okay. against steel. And what you do is you say, look, did we have a rollicking campaign? Yes. Uh-huh. Are some people disappointed? Yes. But you ain't going to be as disappointed as you will be if you keep the Democrat incumbent as your senator, if Mark Kelly stays there to take away your Second Amendment, if he continues to spend money like he's confused having been part of the Astronaut Corps, somehow he thinks he's part of of Starfleet now, and the money that we can spend is infinite. You just keep adding to it. There are going to be plenty of situational circumstances, including his, quote, stewardship of the office that I believe will result in Republicans and conservatives and disaffected Democrats saying, hold on a minute. We didn't put this guy in office as a pseudo national hero uh, to take away our rights to the Second Amendment. And, I, and look, right, I know right. guys who were my big supporters Some of them were just gung-ho for Mark Kelly because they were all into that astronaut thing. Yeah. But now, since uh, it's no longer slipping the surly bonds of Earth, it instead is dealing with a bond market crisis and higher prices, and a president who, unfortunately, is uh, cognitively impaired and following this prescription for disaster... Yeah. Real life, as much as I love Star Trek, real life ain't Star Trek. Boy, and Senator true. Kelly is not a fictional Captain Kirk come to life. Right. Bill right. Shatner had a Now, I guess that was Bill Shatner's real hair, wasn't it? I didn't. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hey, I think, Rick, I appreciate the conversation, brother. Thank, thank you, you so much.
0: Enjoyed it. Thank
1: Bless you. you. Take care. That's Rick, ladies and gentlemen. A twin son of a different mother if we quote the whole Weisberg-Fogelberg thing from the late 70s. Uh, taking all sorts of rhetorical rabbit trails and having a good time doing it, it's J.D. for Seth. when we come back. The latest from the Maricopa County ballot audit. Don't you dare go away. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll leave that story to get back to other stories in the news. It's JD for Seth, Mercy of Mathematics in Action. I'm looking at, gosh, only about, uh, what, 25 minutes? A little less than that, uh, before, uh, six o'clock. And then let's see, the pro, it's Larry Elder coming up following the news at six. And then Mark Levin. <laughs> you know, it's great. Mark. Is just one of these guys who is just, he's as brilliant as he is outspoken. And, uh, well, you can hear him later tonight right here on 960 The Patriot. So I promised you an update of what's going on down at the audit at Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And uh basically there was a weekend update, but it's it's not the whole bit that SNL does. It's it's I forget what they call the show, like weekend review or something. One America News uh does it, and you know, there is a reporter who is here covering this thing uh for OANN. She she is just like camped out on this thing. And so uh she was talking to Ken Bennett, the former Secretary of State. Now the gentleman in charge of the audit uh, as tasked by the Arizona State Senate. He's updating us because Kelly Ward said in a video last week, hey, this thing could be wrapped up by President Trump's birthday. Well, that's today. He's 75 and our flag is, I think, 200. What, 246 years? Anyway, uh, yes, 246, uh, 245 years for the flag, 246 years for the U.S. Army, and 89 years for Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Cover all the bases there. But here is what Ken Bennett said about what's happening right now and why it's taking so long. Cut six.
2: We started with 45 pallets of ballots, and a pallet usually had 40 boxes. So, we started with 1,681 boxes back on April 22nd, and of the 45 pallets, we're down to two that have not been counted. So, that's pretty exciting. We're not specifically saying when that might be done, but we are excited to be nearing the end of the hand count.
1: But wait, there's more when it comes to the hand count, right, Ken?
2: Although there is a piece of the hand count, which are the duplicated ballots. That is going to take uh, a little bit of time too. So, we will be done with the hand count and the paper evaluation by the end of the month, which is when we have the building.
1: Yeah. In other words, uh, we got this thing locked up till the end of the month, and then, well, what was the old deal with the state fair? They used COVID as the excuse to like, weren't they going to pull? Did they end up moving it to the East Valley, or that's on the table, right? Anyway. Uh, there it is, Veterans Memorial Coliseum, rather than the madhouse on McDowell, as our friend Al McCoy said in yesteryear about those suns. This year not bad for the Suns, but with all that's going on with the NBA, you can check on that yourself. Uh so they're they're gonna get this hand count done. But what's interesting about this, duplicate ballots. Now you hear that and you go now, wait a minute. Hold on there, Baba Louie, says Quickstraw McGraw. Hold on there. Duplicate ballots. Why, Ken Bennett, are there duplicate ballots? And uh, explain it to us here. Cut eight.
2: A duplicate ballot would come from one of the following situations. One, if a ballot was damaged. Or somebody spilled coffee or something on it, or they filled it out with a red pen. Or so, if a, a ballot is damaged, it would need to be duplicated. That's done by a, a two-person board, different parties, and they duplicate the ballot. Any Arizonans that are working outside of Arizona or overseas, either in the military or in business or school, uh, can vote by email or fax. Those have to be transferred to a ballot that can be read by the machines.
1: Now I hear that. <laughs> And, and i got to tell you, I got a bit of a problem with that. Email or fax. Now look, I understand if you're in a theater of war or something, but for eras for students or something, uh, maybe given the leanings of campuses these days, especially for students, uh, faxing in ballots, I got a problem with that. And, and there are a couple of other problems we need to discuss. Uh, You're invited to get in on this, 602-508-0960. It's 960 The Patriot. You've got J.D. for Seth. Lots more to come. Stay with me. Oh, no. The Pina Colada song. Oh, mercy. Uh, that was uh, that was about as bad as the misery index uh, when that song was out. I remember that, too. It's uh, J.D. in for Seth, as uh, you may be counting down the minutes <laughs> till the top of the hour. and uh, Larry Elder following the news at six here on AM 960, The Patriot I was talking earlier, and we heard Ken Bennett talk about how uh, how some uh, duplicate ballots are created and how some students living outside of Arizona can vote by either email or fax. If you don't have a notary, if you don't have a witness, that can be, quote, troublesome. If you were with me earlier, I said, beyond the voting machine hoo-ha, got the simple matter of voting by mail. Yes, we've done it for a long time in Arizona, but the Pennsylvania Secretary of State prior to the last election acted unilaterally without the okay of the Pennsylvania legislature to change the voter law, even though the state of Pennsylvania Constitution says it's a constitutional question, the legislature and the governor should be involved, but Governor Tom Wolf, Democrat, And the Secretary of State at the time, Democrat, they go, hey, let's get vote by mail. And what was that whole thing with the ballots that ended up, when the guy's supposed to drive them from New York? There was a whole deal about tractor-trailer load of ballots. But hey, the alphabet networks, nothing to see here. Continuing with the theme of edumacation. Sadly now, it's, it's not just the colleges. Look, even when I was going to school back in the Stone Age, you had a lot of professors who were left of center. But the difference was, back then, they actually encouraged debate and defending the intellectual case you were making for the position you held. Now it's just, believe this, if you don't shut up, and oh yeah, you're a racist. A real-life example of that... Comes a uh, came uh, recently in Springfield, Missouri. That's right, in the Show Me State, a sixth grade teacher. You know, now middle school, in the old days when I went to school, we had junior high, and that was grade seven through nine, and the kids would cheer when you were in the ninth grade. You didn't call yourself a ninth grade, you called yourself freshman for high school. But now it's middle school, which is basically six through eight, and you go on to high school, and you're a real freshman in the ninth grade when you go to high school nine through twelve, which happens in a lot of school districts. At any rate, there was a sixth grade teacher who decided that she was going to uh, going to distribute quote unicorn cupcakes. These unicorn cupcakes were only to be handed out to those who embraced... Now, get this. This is in the sixth grade in public school who embraced an alternative lifestyle, and alternative sexuality from what is traditional and waiting for marriage. And What the heck? When did this become something... I mean, you're just about to start boy-girl parties, grade six. But this teacher decides she wants to encourage alternative, um, alternative lifestyles by rewarding certain uh, students who are in touch with their feelings and maybe going through a transition or maybe identify with romantic inclinations toward members of the same sex. I'm dressing up what they say. Nowadays, of course, they've gone to a—it's uh, pretty crafty. They've gone to, like, a, a, an acronym. LGBTQ, let's face it. After a while, it's like going to a diner and ordering a BLT. It takes away the essence of what it is. At any rate, uh, here is the teacher. And of course, also understand this happens in a middle school classroom where, let's face it, when kids are going to be obnoxious, they're, they're, well, they're going to be obnoxious. So there's one student in particular challenging the teacher, and the teacher is explaining why she's handing out these unicorn cupcakes. Cut nine. But
2: just because I support another thing doesn't mean I don't support straight people, too. Just because I'm Mexican doesn't mean I don't support black people or Irish people or ignorant people.
1: And when she says or ignorant people, she gestures toward uh, the student. Now that student responds. And sure, he's full of adolescent obnoxiousness, but he makes an intellectual point. And then his mere retort sends this teacher, Amanda Parkett, uh pardon me, Amanda Parker—into orbit. Uh, this is cut ten. Never
2: said it was like that. Would you like a
0: special
2: unicorn cupcake for being straight? Jerks? Yes. All right, come here. Get a your cupcake. For being a pill. I'm just trying to be annoying. You are annoying.
1: You were very successful. Congratulations. Thanks. What a d- Wow. So the student, he tries to actually tone it down with a little self deprecation. Yeah, I'm just trying to be annoying. Making the point that. Shouldn't the cupcakes be for everybody? Why should you be singled out for your sexuality and, quote, celebrated for an embrace of of an alternative lifestyle? Why not everybody get cupcakes and let's celebrate who you are and leave it at that? We don't need to publicize. We don't need to evangelize. And uh, we don't need to normalize. All sorts of exceptions. So when the teacher uses a vulgar slang term, which we bleep for you, the kid goes, what? And the teacher is more than happy to elaborate. What?
2: A Like a dipstick? A butthead? A weasel? A weasel.
1: Wow, isn't that enlightening? Well, Michelle Malkin, Was on top of this story and uh, via her Twitter feed, our friend Michelle tweets this. I have just confirmed this morning with school officials that the unicorn cupcake bully teacher, Amanda Parker, quote, will no longer be returning to the Springfield public schools. So let's see. You leave Springfield. Springfield. Uh, Mizzou is in Columbia, Missouri. Ironically, remember the video a couple of years ago of a speech professor uh, trying to kick out a conservative uh, camera guy at a leftist event? Well, maybe the Columbia School District will find a job for Amanda Parker, but she's finished in the Springfield Public Schools, and well should she be. We're not quite finished. When I come back, one person, one vote, and one sense of purpose that is essential in a constitutional republic. I'll tell you what that is as we head down the home stretch. It's JD for Seth, AM 960, the Patriot. With all thy getting, get understanding. And uh, during our time today, I hope you've been entertained, informed, uh, maybe irritated about a couple of things, maybe irritated at uh, your guest host. But we have all sorts of uh, guarantees and good wishes that we expect Seth back, why, perhaps even tomorrow. And we hope that's the case. He will soon return, and I will soon uh, take my leave. But before I do, a couple of notes here. There is something that is vitally important for self-government in a free society, and it is not the absence of argument. It is instead the presence of civic virtue. I know about this firsthand, because we're, we're talking about uh, the presidential election of 2020. Uh, my first re-election campaign in 1996, I won by one one full percentage point. 2,500 and, uh, let's see, two thousand five. anyway, it was 26 votes shy of 2,500. You see how I'm mathematically impaired. Anyway, the point is this. My opponent at the time. Had um, had um, disappeared the last week of the campaign because we'd caught him uh, in front of the editorial board of the Arizona Repugnant. He'd gotten very expansive because uh, the AFL CIO spent what was that? Uh, gosh, I got about I guess about eight million dollars against me, and uh, he, anyway, it, it equated with over three hundred spots a day, telling senior voters I was going to get rid of Medicare and all this other stuff. And so the guy made a mistake saying, I can you, he was trying to beg off the spending. He said, I can't believe that was spent in some rinky dink little congressional district in Arizona. Boom. I got that turned it around. We had the add on by that night. And that's even in the comparatively early days of the internet, we got the thing turned around and on the evening news. So he drops out of sight the last week of the campaign expressing confidence in the Navajo nation. Well, as you know, uh, the Navajo. Uh, live in Apache County, and the Apache live in Navajo County. It's kind of one of the reversals, one of the oddities of names in the state of Arizona, in much the same way, the community of Maricopa is not in Maricopa County, but Pinal. But I digress. At any rate, the deal was, a bunch of ballots came in. It's a presidential year, 96, Clinton versus Dole. The ballots are unmarked except for the congressional race. The Democrat in charge of voting in Apache County, says, wait a minute. There is no way that people just went in to vote in the congressional campaign. These ballots are obviously fraudulent. Note, it was a Democrat county recorder who said, wait a minute, there's a problem. You say I never say good things about Democrats? I'll say good things about anybody. Left, right, tall, short, whatever. If you possess civic virtue, and call it like it is, and keep that up, that is to be admired. I've certainly enjoyed my time with you. For Seth, it's J.D. Stay brave, stay free, stay tuned.